Welcome back to Mark's Madness. Yeah. I lost a little bit of energy there. I kind of I, I thought I had I, more I, air than I had in my lungs. I was going to say, I suddenly had no energy, and I just did not like pop oh, that last note. There was I no, got, like, no madness. It, it was just like madness. Let's be real. Uh, it's the middle of the week. It's late at bah. night for some of us old people. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I'm just I'm I'm artificially bringing the energy, uh, courtesy <laughs> of of natural natural ice. When you're too when you're too broke for the regular other malt liquors and and you really just need something that's gonna get the job done. Natural ice. Thank you. Um, I was gonna so, brew coffee because I needed artificial energy and I realized I was out. So um, oh. I was also out of my good black tea. So I'm having not caffeinated and not helpful at all passion fruit tea, but it tastes like hot Kool-Aid. It's it's great. Yeah, because if there's one thing I've always thought about Kool-Aid, it's man, I wish this was hot. You'd be surprised. It's very enjoyable. I, I wish this was I wish this was warm right now. Uh, but speaking of things that are better warm, uh, the self, you know, you know it. It's it's muggy. Something something Biloxi, <laughs> but so I don't know. It's there, it's warm down there. Sometimes I hear my transition game isn't good, guys. We don't yeah, do no. we don't do a lot of segues <laughs> on this show. It's mostly just the Marxism to the Marxism. I don't have to do too many hard hard cuts. But uh, you know, I'll work on that. That's my that's my take home for today. Um, that being said, we are starting on page 87 of of the book, uh, on the chapter, The Coming of the Lord. Uh, I have no idea when this will be coming out anymore, so uh, uh, someone probably did something stupid on Twitter. Uh, someone else probably said something mildly, you know, genocidal would, about the virus. Uh, I was going to say, I'm sure, I'm sure Trump, like, you know, found four new ways to blame China and tax them reporters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm positive sure, white women are doing dumb things. And I'm uh, uh, 99% sure by the time this comes out, there will be 100,000 deaths in the United States because it's Oh, not, easily. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably two days away. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So you know, Not it's good. fun. It's it's good Not times. Good. It's great. Yeah. This is going. This is going exceedingly well. Mm-hmm. Um, so to do the thing I do, let's distract myself from the awfulness of our current times by reading about the awfulness of our past. <laughs> the proclamation had an undoubted and immediate effect upon England. It's good, good to know. But, yeah. but how did it? But how did it impact England, guys? That's the thing that I know. I know. Usually, you all really the first thing about. on my mind is how does American yeah. policy impact England? England. It's coming. Uh, the upper classes were strongly in favor of the Confederacy. You don't say. <laughs> Color me surprised that the English upper class were in favor of the slaveholders. I'm hmm. uh, this is my surprised face. <laughs> and sure that the Yankees were fighting only for a high tariff and a hurt vanity. Free trade England was repelled by this program. Man, free trade England is just they're real out and about with it, aren't they? I didn't know there was a, new, a different England. Yeah. I was about to say there's so there's upper class England, then there's free trade England over here. It's like the ant and caps got their own in, uh, island where they could just do whatever <laughs> they wanted. <laughs> Uh, was oh, repelled so by this program and attracted by the free trade which the Confederacy offered. <laughs> States' rights and free trade, baby. They go. It's like chocolate and peanut butter. God damn. There was strong demand among manufacturers to have the government interfere and recognize the Southern states as an independent nation. Feeling a lot like England was America during the uh, Venezuela coup right now. <laughs> 
Hey, hey, recognize that recognize yeah. that guy that's trying to like illegally claim he's or, his own country with no good reason. Do that. Do that, please. Do that. Just a lot of that right now. Yeah. Um <laughs> and all the, they were uh the churches and universities were in favor of the Confederacy and all the great periodicals. Good to know England is always on the wrong side of history. Even the philanthropists like Lord Shaftesbury. Holy <laughs> that, shit. That Lord, can't be real. Lord Shaftesbury. No, Shaftesbury. Lord Shaftesbury. Yeah. Or should you not? Yeah. The philanthropist Lord Shaftesbury. You know, that great philanthropist, Lord Lord Dickenballs. You know, he's over <laughs> here. He's hanging out. Carlisle. giving you the shaft. Give the Shaftesbury. <laughs> I mean, this really feels like if he was like a weird attorney and had to pilot himself, that would be. Yeah. I mean, it's that's just a weird one. Uh, uh, Carlisle, Buxton and Gladstone threw their sympathies to the South. Carlisle sneered at people cutting each other's throats because one half of them prefer hiring their servants for life and the other by the hour. See, I love when they try and do that, where they try yeah. and they're, they're trying to do that whole wage slavery is the same thing as regular chattel slavery thing again. Uh, it's just as gross when English upper class do it as when you try and do it right now. <laughs> it doesn't look any better on either of you. A, a literal pro-Confederacy English upper class talking point. Just FYI. Just, Remember just in case. that when you try and make that point, people. Yeah. This is who you're getting <laughs> just, in line with. Yeah. Like, I mean, this don't, is, don't get me wrong. Wage slavery in and of itself is a good Marxist concept if you understand that is not comparable to chattel slavery. It is a form of servitude. It is a horrible yes. form of oppression. It is not but so fucking is chattel slavery. So is yeah. feudal feudalism is a form of of, you know, limiting a person's ability to do what they want and, and mm-hmm. all of that. And you could call it some yeah. form of of slavery to the land or your lord or whatever, but it is still distinctly different than chattel slavery and always will be. Yeah. I and, mean don't don't get me wrong. Don't we're not saying don't use the term or don't understand the concept of wage slavery. It's an important term and more importantly beyond language as much as language matters the more more than people think we talk about in the show uh it's an important concept of wage slavery it is not not remotely comparable to other forms of slavery most especially chattel slavery the most brutal kind that has existed yep so i think we've hit that point <laughs> i feel yeah. like every every like three episodes or so during this book we need to we, really we just reassert re- re- that, that one yeah yeah, yeah. re-up our re-up our our meter on don't do that i mean we brought uh, up england who's been doing the chattel slavery thing since like the 16th goddamn century oh so yeah I no they, they they were the ogs they had it down they knew yeah, what they were doing yeah uh as henry adams assures us london was altogether beside itself on one point in a special it created a nightmare of its own and gave it the shape of abraham lincoln imagine abraham lincoln being your goddamn nightmare <laughs> i mean i guess he has like a slender man vibe to him but really lincoln really I, that guy i feel I feel again like we we, we almost got to do this too much, but this feels very uh, fascist and far rights, uh, demonizing the the figures of Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton yeah, and like Obama. These, Obama, these Obama's actual like, communist Kenyan Muslim terrorist, right, right, right. These really? actual like horrible se- ghoul people, and you don't like the perception that they're good. Um, so, so you double down on what's perceived of them as evil. Yeah, it's so, it's so bad. Beyond this is placed another demon, if possible, more devilish, and it's called Mr. Seward. I don't, I I guess, is that, isn't that the guy that bought like Alaska? What? Wasn't Seward Uh, like the secretary of something? 
What? Who's Mr. Seward? Yeah. In this? I feel like Seward's folly is like this, like shorthand for buying Alaska. But I don't know when we yeah. bought Alaska. I don't, I'm not smart about things. Uh, yeah. And stuff. No, it's. I mean, it's. It's. He, he was, was the Secretary, Secretary of State. State. Yeah. He was Secretary of State. All right. So this makes sense. Yeah. So he would have been the guy yeah. that bought. One who would have been the guy that bought, yeah, bought Alaska. Alaska yeah. So I'm, I'm good there. Um. And he also, I guess, would have been talking to England at the time because that's his job in the middle of a war is to talk to England. Okay. Yeah. So, so let's keep figuring out why they hate Seward so much because I can't really get a vibe off this yet. In I think regard- wasn't he wasn't he the, the leader of the not so moderate Republicans? Um. Because he was under Johnson when Andrew Johnson was like getting his ass handed to him. Uh, see that I don't know. I mean, he okay. would have been under Johnson because all of Lincoln's, you know, the Secretary of State, Secretary of War, all of them, they all would have mm-hmm. been the same because he got assassinated midterm. So yeah. I'm sure he would have been under Johnson. Um, but I just don't know why England. I guess England doesn't like him because he's trying to drum up support for the war that they don't enjoy yeah. that much. Yeah. I'm gonna do this thing where I stop analyzing it too much because I have a feeling that Du Bois is gonna do that <laughs> thing where he explains it in, in a sentence. So I don't want to get too caught to up. That. We'll come back to this if we need to. Put a pin in okay. William Seward. Um okay. in regard to these two men, English society seemed demented. Defense was useless, explanation was vain. One could only let passion exhaust itself. One's best friends were an unreasonable as enemies, for the belief in poor Mr. Lincoln's brutality and Seward's ferocity become a dogma of popular faith. Okay, he didn't really do it. This just feels again, this feels like your modern Fox News Republican that is just like virulently angry at at like Nancy Pelosi, but for reasons you can't quite fathom, like I don't like Nancy Pelosi because she's upholding capitalism. You yeah. don't like Nancy Pelosi because she called the president fat on TV. And <laughs> and I don't I don't know where your righteous <laughs> fury is coming from. I don't know how you fuel that much of it. Right. Um, like I don't I don't like Bill Gates because uh, he's actually making money as a as a faux charity as an already rich guy and is, you know, pushing imperialist uh, politics and crashing public schools. You don't like uh, you know, um, Bill Gates. Bill Gates, thank you. I just totally forgot his name in the middle of the sentence. <laughs> the name you said a sentence ago? Yeah, no, it's yeah. hard. <laughs> you know, you don't like Bill Gates because uh, he's not cutting off funding to the WHO out of his pocket when the United States did. Like, I mean, they, there's different fucking reasons here. I got absolutely nothing. Also, pre- shout out to President G uh, for uh, their they, – didn't they just re-up their funding to the WHO? Oh, yeah, like, WHO. In excess of what yeah. the United States was funding. Like, they've covered it and then some just yeah, as Yeah, like they basically a, doubled it is, is my understanding. Yeah, just as a just as a <laughs> – fuck you. Um, that, that, <laughs> it, it is that sort of petty drama bitch that I am here for. Thank you. Just thank you, President G. I appreciate what you're doing. Um. Confederate warships were being built and harbored at English ports in September 1862. I've done a podcast about that before. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you want to know more about that, I'm not telling you where to go find it, but it's there and you're going to do what you want. But there, uh, yeah, it was it, it, it was weird then and it's weird now just to imagine a bunch of like Confederate boys hanging out in ye old London town, just like kicking it off and doing some weird stuff. But, doing some uh, pirate but, shit. But doing some pirate shit, yeah, hunting some whales, pirates. you know, they do what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Palmerston, believing that the Confederates were about to capture Washington, suggested intervention to members of his cabinet. Lord John Russell wanted to act immediately, but the rebels were driven back at Antietam the same month and the preliminary Emancipation Proclamation appeared. Gladstone and Russell still tried to force intervention, but Palmerston hesitated. It would have been, you got to imagine there were a lot of people in England that are like, no, 
You remember when the French came in and kicked our ass that one time and, and, and took that country from us? Well, payback's the bitch! And then just, just a bunch of guys in powdered wigs riding in, flying the Valkyries playing, just, we're taking it back! Take at least half of it, the shitty half, but we'll take it, damn it! We'll, we'll, we'll take what we can get. There was similar demand in France. Hey, there they are. But as not as strong, because cotton didn't play so large a part. Nevertheless, the textile workers in both France and England were hard-pressed by the cotton famine. Napoleon III was in favor of the South. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, again, start looking at who supports which side and then start wondering why. Like, every yeah. monarch and imperialist is like, you know that South has a good point. We should take a look at these states' rights. Uh, Napoleon was assured by the Confederate government that a southern alliance with French Mexico and a guarantee of Cuba could be had for the asking. I'm just trying to imagine this alt history now. Like I'm just imagining Napoleon, because I know it's Napoleon III. I know that's not Napoleon, but now I'm imagining like yeah. Jefferson Davis and actual Napoleon. Uh, and then Napoleon's riding in from Mexico. So Napoleon has a serape on in this image in my head. And it's just a very weird – there's a lot of names getting thrown around that I'm not quite a fan of uh, trying to mix-match my history together, um, Peabody and Mr. Sherman style. But that's that's happening, so I'm just having to deal with it, and so should you. Um, <laughs> no danger from the North was anticipated in this war. Don't worry about it, guys. The North will not get upset if you want to take Cuba. It's okay. Uh, for Seward was certain to accept Napoleon's assurances of France's neutrality. Public opinion stood back of the English government and was, on the whole, in favor of the South. But Garrison and Douglas, by their visits, and later Harriet Beecher Stowe, had influenced the opinion of visits and the middle and the uh, of the opinion of the middle and laboring classes. Nevertheless, it was reported in 1862, we find only here and among the Englishmen one who does not fanatically side with the slave states. Various meetings in general in, in the favor of the South were arranged by the workingmen and the General Council of the Workingmen's Association opposed the pro-Southern movement. The war had created a great scarcity of cotton, and in addition to this, there had already been an overproduction of the cotton industry in England in 1860. So the effect of the blockade was not felt until later. So far as the sale of goods was concerned, but the factories closed and more than half the looms and spindles lay idle, especially in Lancashire, where there was distress among laborers. Fever and prostitution were prevalent in 1865. Those are two. I don't Widely know why getting sick. Why are getting why is getting sick and sex work uh, linked in this sentence? I don't understand it. Uh, I've also I've also talked a lot consecutively. So, yeah. David, could you could you talk for a minute so I can stop talking? <laughs> sure. Uh, notwithstanding this, the English workers stood up for the abolition of Negro slavery and protested against the intervention of of the English. Okay, I thought it said the intervention of English. And I was what intervention of the English? Up until 1863, Hell yeah. it was argued with some show of right that the North was not fighting to free the slaves, but on yeah. the contrary according to Lincoln's own words, was perfectly willing to settle the war and leave the Negroes in slavery. But as soon as Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation, the working men of England held hundreds of meetings all over the country and in all industrial sections and hailed his actions. Workers of the world. Look at them. Recognize yeah, it. Yeah, kind of uniting. It's they, sat on the si they sat on the side while he was being a wishy-washy bitch, and then as soon as it was for abolition, uh, our, our worker brothers and sisters in England uh, got, got on the same page. Good work. Boy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Ernest Jones, the leader of the Chartist movement, raised his eloquent voice against slavery. 
During the time of the winter of 1862 to 1863, meeting after meeting in favor of emancipation was held. The reaction in England to the Emancipation Proclamation was too enthusiastic for the government to dare take any radical step. Oh, hold on. So you're saying if there is a popular movement of the people that is actually of the people and strong mm-hmm. and diverse and broad and uh, and overwhelmingly in, in a direction, governments may be afraid to uh, to, to act against that. Yeah, this is kind of a weird uh, revolutionary huh. defeatism of the Confederate mm. South through English workers, which is mm. is kind of cool. I um, mean, again, just governments yeah. react if their people uh, make themselves known. Yeah, if you scare them, they'll, they'll be scared. Uh, great meetings in London and Manchester stirred the nation and gave notice to Palmerston that he could not yet take the chance of recognizing the South. In spite of Russell and Gladstone being to... Oh, he began to withdraw, and the imminent danger of recognition of the South by England and France passed. In the monster meeting of English workingmen at St. James Hall, London, March 26, 1863, John Bright spoke, and John Stuart Mill declared that higher political and social freedom had been established in the United States. Karl Marx testified, and this meeting, held in 1863, kept Lord Palmerston from declaring war against the United States. And in December 31st, 1863, at meetings held simultaneously in London and Manchester, addresses were sent to Lincoln, drafted by Karl Marx. London address said, Sir, Pause. we who offer this address Pause. are the ink. David, well, stop reading. This, I'm quoting Carl. I'm quoting Carl. I know, but you were like blowing through it without doing like a stop, pause, and interject the fact that, hey, in the <laughs> middle of the Civil War, let's hear from English correspondent Carl goddamn Marx. <laughs> Marx is writing to Lincoln with Napoleon yeah. over here signing. Guys, this is the weirdest historical fan fiction I've ever created, and it happened. <laughs> Give it its due, my friend. By the way, I was so I, – I, 18th Rumir popped in my head immediately after I heard Napoleon. And I was like, no, wrong Napoleon, wrong Napoleon, wrong Napoleon. And then I realized 18th Rumire was published like when Napoleon III was also cooed. So like, yeah. Yeah, it's still kind of tied back. And now Carl – so what did Carl have to say to old Linko, mm. David? What so, did Carl uh, have to say? We're going. Let's go to England to, to listen. Or, I can't word it right. Karl Marx, uh, sir. We who offer this address are Englishmen and workingmen. We prize our dearest inheritance, bought for us by the blood of our fathers and liberty we enjoy, the liberty of free labor on on a free soil. We have therefore been accustomed to regard with veneration and gratitude the founders of the great republic in which the liberties of Anglo-Saxon race have been widened beyond all precedents of the old world. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, Carl, Not a good Carl, start, Carl. Carl, <laughs> Carl uh, yeah, Carl, if you want to you wanna speed it up there, buddy, get to yeah. something not, not cringy real quick there, Carl? <laughs> And in which there was nothing to condemn or to lament but the slavery and degradation of men guilty only of a colored skin or an African parentage. Better. Uh, We have looked with admiration and sympathy upon the brave, generous, and untiring efforts of a large party in the northern United States to deliver the Union from this curse and shame. We rejoice, sir, in your election of the presidency as a splendid proof that the principles of universal freedom and equality were rising to the ascendant. We regarded with abhorrence the conspiracy and rebellion by which it was sought at once to overthrow the supremacy of the government based upon the most popular suffrage in the world and to perpetuate the hateful inequalities of race. I'm I'm going to go ahead and say that maybe America was different in the 1860s because hearing <laughs> Karl Marx call America 
the governed by the most popular suffrage in the world really just makes my soul hurt. De- I, I mean, again, psychically, I'm damaged. You've, you've also got to remember how undemocratic Europe was at the time. And more importantly, you got to remember he's sucking up to Linko in support of the war. I mean, let's, I don't, let's face I it. I don't. Let's be real. I he's don't not, love the concept of Karl Marx bootlicking on Linko. I, I don't either. And I don't like the word that that thing started with. Um, the Manchester Address, adopted by 6,000 people, said, among other things, one thing alone has in the past lessened our sympathy with your country and our confidence in it. We mean the ascendancy of politicians who do not merely maintain the Negro slavery, but desire to extend and root it more deeply. Now, now the words are getting a little better. There we go. Uh, we're getting a little better. We yeah. gussied him up. We but- we've buttered him up. And now, now we're coming yeah. in with the body shots. Yeah. Uh, since we have discerned, however, that this victory of the free North in the war, which has so sorely distressed us as well as affected you, will shake off the fetters of the slave, you have attracted our warm and earnest sympathy. Like, look, we're on your side because you're freeing the slaves. That's Only sad. because of this. Yes. Very important. We joyfully honor you as the president and the Congress with you and for the many decisive steps towards practically exemplifying your belief in the words of your great founders, all men are created free and equal. There's always the thing I, I, I notice people throw back in the liberals face and they should, but I, I've never seen them just like go, Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. It, uh, uh, mm, mm. <laughs> they never go good I, point. Please, um, please keep going. By the way, we've yes. got uh, just, just to set you guys up, we have like a, page or so more of this Marx quote. So he's going to go yes. for, uh, until further notice, Marx is talking. Yes. Uh, we assume that you cannot now stop short of a complete uprooting of slavery. It would not become us to dictate any details, but there are broad principles of humanity which must guide you. If complete emancipation in some of the states be deferred, though only to a predetermined day, still in the interval, human beings should not be counted as chattels. Women must have rights of chastity and maternity, men the rights of husbands, masters the liberty of manumission. Justice demands for the black no less than for the white the protection of the law that his voice may be heard in your courts, nor must any such abomination be tolerated as slave-breeding states and a slave market. If you were to earn the high reward of all your sacrifices in the approval of the universal brotherhood of the Divine Father, it is for your free country to decide whether anything but immediate and total emancipation can secure the most indispensable rights of humanity against the in- to veter- inveterate. inveterate oh inveterate weakness uh, wickedness. wickedness of the local laws and local executives in case anyone was like me and was very confused by the word manumission because that doesn't seem like a normal word uh that just means release from slavery <laughs> it was like a, cool. it was like halfway up the paragraph but it bothered me so I, i'm just pointing <laughs> it out here we implore you for your own honor and welfare not to faint in your pro- provident of providence mission of providence uh providential i guess there you go i said it. mission while your enthusiasm is aflame and the tide of events runs high let the work be finished effectually leave no root of bitterness to spring up and work fresh misery to your children it is a mighty task indeed to reorganize the industry not only of four million of the colored race but of five millions of whites Nevertheless, the vast progress you have made in the short space of 20 months fills us with hope that every stain on your freedom will shortly be removed and that the erasure of that foul blot upon civilization and Christianity, chattel slavery, during your presidency will cause the name of Abraham Lincoln to be honored and revered by posterity. 
I don't exactly know why Carl was calling Jesus into the affair. I don't know where that <laughs> came from. Uh, wasn't wasn't aware that that was necessary. Again, Thanks, I, I think he's, I think it's a it's a know your audience thing. There. Okay, all right. It's a play to your play to the crowd. All right, mm-hmm. I get it. Um, I do mm-hmm. I do really appreciate in that last part the the fact that he basically was like, look. I get it. it you, you're completely, I mean, because again, you're talking about Marx. If anyone understood what he was talking, you know, the, you know, all right, you're going to completely disrupt your base. Yeah. If you got rid of chattel slavery, if anyone knew what he was talking about in this instance, you know, yeah, you're going to, it is hard to completely disrupt your, your mode of production. And that's what you're essentially effectively going to do by eliminating slavery mm-hmm. in your country, because half of your entire nation's mode of production is based on this. Yeah. I get that that's hard, but you kind of need to do it. <laughs> Uh, right. You're in the like, middle of a don't. revolution. Like, follow it through. If you don't stamp it all the way out, this will come back and bite you. Good thing Reconstruction worked out just fine, right? <laughs> right? And Carl? you notice how he emphasized, like, you have to hold the black man completely the same as the white man under yes. the letter of the law, under free, under freedom, all of that, right? And and unfortunately, we all know by the end of Reconstruction, it wasn't that way. But there was a lot of emphasis on it. <sighs> yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. it is just so, again, it is, if you're anything like me, your concept of how time, history, causality work mm-hmm. could not put in the same instance Karl Marx and Abraham Lincoln. Like the concept that Karl could be writing about the American Civil War contemporaneously. Sure, I may have known that like in the abstract, but like hearing this now, like just going back to Capitol and then looking to the left and being like, well, you're writing a letter to Lincoln. Or, what the fuck's going on right here? I'm just, I'm having the most fun in this I was going to say, I think we this. talked about Capitol, like that we knew the fact that he wrote to Lincoln, but I didn't know he was like the official English workman's addresser voice to England guy. Now, you do also know that if we talk about anything during Capitol, I have absolutely forgotten it because that was eternity ago. And uh, (laughs) and there was there was a lot. I mean, I I, I've I've blotted out most of that by now. I think Um, the biggest thing I remember um, is that that you talked to me about was the the gasoline corn thing. So there we go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, The first time I actually decided I wanted to talk Mm -hmm. and not just go. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, insightful, Carl. I am understanding this fully. Thumbs up. Cry when David leaves. Yeah, no, no, yeah, those were good times. Um, all right. Thank you, David, for getting to read all the fun stuff from Carl. I'm going to take over with what Linko said. Lincoln, in reply, said that he knew the suffering of the working men in Manchester and Europe in this crisis and appreciated the action of the English working men as an example of sublime Christian heroism. Yeah, I guess it is a know-your-audience thing, isn't it? Yeah. Which has not been surpassed in any age or in any country. He declared that the Civil War was the attempt to overthrow this government, which was built upon a foundation of human rights and to substantiate one which should rest exclusively on the basis of human slavery. All the right. substitute one. Uh, substitute one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get they rid of were the one trying that was to overthrow the government. Get that rid was of the one. Get rid of the good right. freedom. Get rid of the one that was based on sort of freedom and get and, and replace it with one that just says the quiet part out loud. No, I got you. I yeah. got you. Yeah. In the North, the Emancipation Proclamation meant the Negro soldier, and the Negro soldier meant the end of the war. We've already talked about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have come to set you free, cried the Black Cavalrymen who rode at the head of the Union Army as it entered Richmond in 1864. That that had to be a fucking badass. That's how fucking like seriously though. Like I cannot I, I I cannot envision a more liberating feeling in the history of of humanity. Being enslaved and seeing than someone being, of your race ride it and say we're here ser- to free like, you. Being the people, you know, being the person that got to be that you know that that 
I don't again strip out the fact that obviously we know in the in the long term abstract mm-hmm. that yes that war was not a war to free slavery it was not a war of liberation no. it was not any of those things no but on the micro scale on the individual person scale mm-hmm. you still had a group of people that were enslaved you had a group of people that went from being enslaved to having the opportunity to take up arms and fight the people that enslaved them and free mm-hmm. their brothers sisters friends family fellow humans just you had an opportunity to go from being enslaved to liberator overnight that sort of of oh god i get you get goosebumps just thinking about that kind of please god yeah, just give and, us an opportunity and, for that and a black freedman literally charging onto the plantations to tell the black slaves that look you're you're not property anymore you're no you're good let's go it's over We're let's here. go let's go that's yeah that's that that is uh, so again we kind of gloss over, we, we do do a good, and I think we're doing the right thing because Du Bois is doing it, you know. Was the North good in this? No. No, they weren't. <laughs> they were they were fucking capital. They were complicit as all hell. Yeah. Um, but there are still moments in there that you should feel that, again, this is a, a four million people attempting to liberate themselves from slavery. And yeah. there is there is a lot to uphold in that. Um. We've come to set you free, cried the black cavalrymen who rode at the head of the Union Army as they entered Richmond in 1864. These soldiers were in the division of Godfrey Weitzel when Ben Butler first assigned Negro troops to Weitzel's command in Louisiana. Weitzel resigned. That's, that's good. That's, that's a nice little downer right after my fun little uplifting bit there. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, guys. It was a good thing for him that he recalled his resignation for his black soldiers at Port Hudson wrote his name in history. Here was indeed revolution. At first, this was to be a white man's war. First, because the North did not want to affront the South, and the war was going to be short, very short. And secondly, if Negroes fought in the war, how could it help being a war for their emancipation? And for this, the North would not fight. Yet scarcely a year after hostilities started, the Negroes were fighting. Although unrecognized as soldiers, in two years they were free and enrolling in the army. So now Private Miles O'Reilly in the newspapers, and and it says, you know, uh, expresses a growing public opinion. We're not going to read it. It's a little two paragraph um, or two stanza, I want to say almost poem, uh, but it's got two ethnic slurs in it. (laughs) And uh, and it's written kind of weird minstrelly, but, but basically the thing is, is you know people were saying oh you know they, they used to think it was sad to let black man fight um it, you know and and the threat of being killed belongs to a white man it's a white man's job to to be our hero uh but now now we're here and we could say you know let's let the black men get get murdered instead of us which of course they use an ethnic slur for um any day of the week i'll let the black yeah. men die um so yeah that's uh yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not great. It's not great in a whole bunch of different no. ways. And so again, if anyone no, but yeah, it, if there is anyone that reads that and has a has a reading of it that they feel comfortable sending to us, we'll absolutely include it. for yeah. it. But if you've read, if you're reading along with us, go for it. But it's, it's just there is no way two white dudes should read that no, uh, little two paragraph. No, stanza. no, no, there's, there's no possible. We, there's no way to do it. And we're there's, just not there's going the, to. the the well known N word and there's a lesser known S word. And, and neither of those words should should ever be read by a white person. <laughs> A, a more creative slur, yeah. if you will. <laughs> let's let's just leave all the, let's just leave all the fucking slurs out of our out of our that, episode and out of that's our. That's right. Please. That's right. There's <laughs> Jesus. In December 1861, Union officers were ordered not to return fugitive slaves on pain of court martial. So this is an interesting turn because up until you know uh, in middle of last episode, 
Lincoln was still very much like, no, 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 it, give all the fugitive slaves back, give them all back. Don't don't let anyone come over. We don't want any of them coming over. Let a, and now it's gone to if you if you were to return a fugitive slaves union officer, you're getting court martialed. That's a that's a huge yeah. turn. In 1862 came Hunter's Black Regiment in South Carolina. So within the course of a year, you went from. Uh, you can't have slaves in your army at all to you have a black regiment coming to help liberate South Carolina. Yeah, I mean, it went um, <clears throat> it went at first, you know, the, well, at first, at first, too, you, we almost cut out because this is really over two year arc. 1860, it was you return the fugitive slaves. We're not here to liberate slaves. We don't want those guys. Keep them out of the army. Get rid of the abolitionists. 1861. And this was like the end of 1861. Um, it was OK. You you give any fugitive slaves back your court martial. That's a big fucking deal. Okay, fine, whatever. And they're populating 1862. There's a black regiment like th- this stuff just barreled through. In spring of 1862, General Hunter had less than 11,000 men under his command and had to hold the whole broken seacoast of Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida. Jeez. All right, guys, I don't know much about military strategy or math, <laughs> but if you told me that I had to keep control of Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida's coastline, and then said you had 11,000 people to do it. <laughs> that sounds bad. I don't. I don't think I can pull that. I'm not sure if I can hold Fort Lauderdale with 11,000 people, <laughs> let alone the entire. There's a lot going on there. But that Nathan, I don't it's, deal it's a fort. You can hold it. You know what? That's a good point. That's a damn good point. And I, I will reconsider my position now. He applied often and in vain to authorities in Washington for reinforcements. All the troops available in the North were less than sufficient for General McClellan's great operations against Richmond. And the reiterated answer of the War Department was, you must get along at best you can. Not a man from the North can be spared. No reinforcements to be had from the North. Vast fatigue duties in throwing up earthworks imposed on our insufficient garrisons. The enemy continually increasing, both in insolence and numbers. Our only success, the capture of Fort Pulaski, sealing up Savannah, and this victory offset, if not fully counterbalanced by many minor gains of the enemy. This is about the condition of affairs as seen from the headquarters fronting Port Royal Bay when General Hunter, one morning, with twirling glasses, puckered lips, and dialing nostrils he had just received another don't bother for us for reinforcements dispatch from washington approached his intention of forming a negro regiment and compelling every able-bodied black man in the department to fight for the freedom which could not be the issue of our war which could not but be the issue of our war there were a lot of prepositions or whatever in there it got confusing um but again, this, which makes sense. Yeah, on the ground, they're like, but he had to get pushed to his breaking yeah, point. Yeah, they're at breaking point, and they're out, and they're like, this is not, this is not going to happen. We can't do this. We're done. We're cooked. I don't, I don't care what Linko says. We have this, this, you know, huge gathering of black people that want to fight for their freedom, and we're standing in the way of it, trying to, to, to you know, sit here in the middle and like let the slavery happen, but bring the South back, and we're we're dying. We're basically dead. Just let them have it. Just go. It's it's time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's and I can't again trying to and I get you're holding the coastline. You don't care about anything else. If you're in the north, you don't care about anything. Yeah. Else. Just hold the coastline because then you're you're shutting off all their ports, yeah. all their foreign trade, everything else gets shut down. I so it's a suicide mission. Mm-hmm. It's a hey, you're going to stretch you as thin as we can, but we just need you to keep all of them from from getting reinforcements while we come in and crush them from behind. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, the the north could not could not be the American Chetniks for forever. At, at some point, they had to no. give that up. No. 
Hunter caused all the necessary orders to be issued and took upon himself the responsibility for the irregular issue of arms, clothing, equipments, and rations in collecting and organizing the first experimental Negro <laughs> regiments. That just seems weird to call it experiment. Like they're, they're soldiers. Yeah. Like how how hard is this, guys? Reports of the organization of the first South Carolina infantry were forwarded to headquarters in Washington, and the War Department took no notice. Nothing was said, nor was any authority given to pay the men or furnish them subsistence. But at least a special dispatch steamer plowed her way over the bar with word of the War Department requiring immediate answer. It was a demand for information in regard to the Negro Regiment. Based on a resolution introduced by Wycliffe of Kentucky, these resolutions have been adopted by Congress. Hunter laughed, but as he was without authority for any of his actions in this case, it seemed to his worried adjunct general that the documents in his hand were no laughing matter. But Hunter declared, that old fool has just given me the very chance I was growing sick for. The War Department has refused to notice my black regiment. But now, in reply to this resolution, I can lay the matter before the country and force the authorities to either adapt my Negroes or to disband them. So Hunter wrote, no regiment of fugitive slaves has been or is being organized in this department. There is, however, a fine regiment of loyal persons whose late masters are fugitive rebels. I don't want to pump this guy up yeah. at all, but I, I, I like I like the level of sass he's, he's giving he's in, in defense of his. Good, yeah, yeah, it's doing good again. Eh, but I, I, I'm appreciating it. Um, he said that they did not that he did this under instruction given by the late Secretary of War and his general authority to employ all loyal persons offering their service in defense of the Union. <laughs> he added. All right, uh, a couple paragraphs coming up here, guys. Brace yourselves. Neither have I had any specific authority for supplying these persons with shovels, spades, and pickaxes when employing them as laborers, nor with boats and oars when using them as lightermen. But these are not points included in Mr. Wycliffe's resolutions. To me, it seemed that liberty to employ men in any particular capacity implied and carried with it, liberty also, to supply them with the necessary tools. In acting upon this faith, I have clothed, equipped, and armed the only loyal regiment yet raised in South Carolina, <laughs> Georgia, or Florida. Shots! Fire. Yeah, this guy is Loving not it. fucking around. <laughs> Loving this one now. The experiment of arming the blacks, so far as I have made it, has been a complete and even marvelous success. They are sober, docile, attentive, and enthusiastic, displaying great natural capacities and inquiring the duties of the soldier. They are now eager beyond all things to take the field and to be led into action. And it is the unanimous opinion of the officers who have had charge of them that in the peculiarities of this climate and country, they will prove invaluable auxiliaries fully equipped to the similar regiments so long and successfully used by the British authorities in the West India Islands. Okay, don't really love you pointing towards the British using... Yeah. Black people in the uh, West Indies, but okay, all right. In conclusion, I would say it is my hope these appearing no possible, there appearing no possibility of other reinforcements. Again, I love the well. I guess since you've told me a million times, you're not giving me anybody else. Uh, <laughs> owing to the exigencies of the campaign in the peninsula, to have organized by the end of next fall and to be able to present the government from forty-eight to fifty thousand of these hardy and devoted soldiers. Christ, that's David, uh, it, what was the re- yeah no, yeah? No. <laughs> it's like um yeah. So by the way, you sent me nothing. You gave me words that that says I can do this, and I increased my men sixfold. You want us to die? That's on you. 
with great with with great soldiers yeah, like that are ready soldiers to go I, to war. I, I create some sixfold. The, the, the only soldiers, the only soldiers I have that anyone has been able to raise in either Georgia, Florida, or uh, South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, this is the only regiment that's been raised, and and you're arguing with it because why exactly? <laughs> can you can you explain to me why? Because I don't get it. Oh, is it because they're black? Oh, it's the black mm-hmm. thing, isn't it? Okay, all right. Well, just being clear here as to why it is you don't want them to fight for yeah. us. Um, yeah. So that reply got read in the House of Representatives. Uh, da- David, what happened? Uh, well, when it was read, its effects were magical. The clerk could scarcely read it with with decorum, nor could half his words be heard amidst the universal peals of laughter in which both Democrats and Republicans appeared to vie as to which should be more noisy. It was a great joke of the day, and coming at a moment of universal gloom in the public mind, was seized upon by the whole loyal press of the country as a kind of politico-military champagne cocktail. I no longer I no longer know if I enjoy this. It feels like the uh, the the White House correspondence dinner sort yeah. of thing, where it's like, we made a joke, but we obviously got invited here by the White House to make that joke. So, like, how offended can anyone be? Kind of a thing. Right. Uh, I don't know now because everyone everyone chuckled. <laughs> When the Confederate government heard of this, it issued an order reciting that as the government of the United States has refused to answer whether it authorized the raising of a black regiment by General Hunter or not, said General, his staff, and all officers under his command who had directly and indirectly participated in the unclean thing, should hereafter be outlaws. Yeah, I know. Again, this is the South talking about employing black people. Uh, should hereafter be outlaws, not covered by the laws of war, but to be executed as felons <laughs> for the crime of inciting Negro insurrection wherever caught. Going to war, now that's a gentlemanly thing, and you, we obviously, if we capture you, we'll we'll slap you with the white glove and then send you off to the plantation yeah. for a couple days to chill out with our wife. But you invited black people to fight with you. We will kill you like a dog in the streets because that. Fuck that. Geneva Conventions aren't even existing yet. Out the window. Throw it away. You are going to you are going to Andersonville, motherfucker, because you have committed the most heinous of heinouses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, god damn, dude. Read the room. In Louisiana, the colored Creoles and in many in many cases hesitated. Some of them had been owners of slaves, and some actually fought in the Confederate Army. But we're not registered as Negroes. On November 23rd, 1861, the Confederate Grand Parade took place in New Orleans, and one feature of the view was a regiment of free men of color, 1,400 in number. The Picune speaks of later review on February 9th, 1862. We must pay deserved compliment to the companies of freed men of color, all well-dressed, well-drilled, and comfortably uniformed. Most of these companies have provided themselves with arms unaided by the administration. Wait, 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 wait. Are these are Confederates are, are praising about- their one black regiment, the, the good ones, the good ones who fought Ooh. for the slavery. Because Ooh, remember, there was a certain God. amount of freedmen. And so these were freedmen that had, um, you know, for for compliance to get on the good side or to make their own money, had had bought their own well, slaves. No, and I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, I think I was thinking about it, but the more I think about it, I don't think I could, if my option was, was work on the plant or again i get that there is a sort of i don't want to say stockholm syndrome i don't know if it's that but you get it when that's all you know like think about every job you've had up until you got radicalized like up until you really understood what was going on yeah 
you wanted to be the boss or you wanted to be the boss's friend at the very least. You wanted to be the one that the boss looked the other way on or or if you if you like did whatever dirty shit the boss wanted you to do, maybe you didn't have to come in on Sunday or something like that or maybe you had a ch- maybe you think that you've got an opportunity to get out even if again, you get to the other side of the curtain and you realize no, you're just being exploited and you're being exploited and as soon as they don't need you, they will toss you to the other side mm-hmm. in a heartbeat. Yeah. But I'm, so yeah, I there's still a certain how to, oh my right, and there, there's still a certain number of people who would do that for expediency, and it's not necessarily just opportunists who are fairly comfortable and want to be more comfortable. It's people, you know, taking pushed a little harder. Yeah, yeah, and and in this case, especially, you can't possibly say, oh well, there's there's these slaves or freedmen that are comfortable in the South. No one in that position is comfortable under any circumstances ever under at yeah. all. So they are all living in a in a kind of environment that I can't even fathom, let alone rationalize. So I'm not exactly going to critique their choice in that matter. I'm I'm going to assume that there was something going on there. I'm I'm still going to say the existence. I'm going to be bold and and say it's still a bad thing, Uh, but it's a bad (laughs) thing, but you have to, I I mean, I I can absolutely see. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> it's a bad thing, but I, I I feel like the thought then is, is that you demonize the people in that position, and I don't think that's I I think there's two I think trying to demonize anyone in that that lived in chattel slavery, trying to find any route they could out of that, because again we've established yeah. the North isn't exactly fighting for their emancipation at this that's point. True. What the fuck? Who gives a shit? So take any opportunity you've got to get a gun and get any chance to get out of your circumstance. Like if you're presented with work until you die or join this Confederate army, I don't, I don't fucking know which of the, I'm not here to fucking lay blame as to which of those is a bad option at this point. I don't know what else you're to do. Well, either way, I mean, the the point of this of course, is that the South Confederacy was looking at the North, like denouncing their black regiment. Like we can't, we can't have this like laughing it off. And the South was like, Oh, well Mm -hmm. we praise ours. We we throw them a damn parade. We're all good. As long as they're one of the good ones fighting for slavery. And, you know, it, it, it it's very again. This is very American liberal versus American, mm-hmm. you know, conservative. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you've got like exactly like the <laughs> the the mass of goodness for for black people, these ethnic minorities, obviously lays on the side opposed to the, the Confederates. But then the minorities within their ranks, the ones that they've declared the good ones, they they treat better than the liberals trying to shush them off and shut them up and, and tamp them down. Mm-hmm. You know, and so they, they oh, think yeah. like, well look how we treat black people and and, and hoff it off. I mean it's 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 terrifyingly it's analogous. disgusting and exploitative yeah. and and very yeah. very analogous to exactly modern yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, th- there's nothing about American <sighs> liberal policies that's particularly emancipatory to uh, you know black and indigenous people of color. But compared to Republican policies, to the to the small spots where there are differences, it's definitely and certainly to the it's public perception be- side, it's infinitely yeah. better. Right, and I don't even think beyond public perception. I don't think e- even I, I the mean, hard I, again, and fast a policies. Re- yeah, the KKK mm-hmm. existed in in and would exist in a Republican mm-hmm. mindset. I'm not saying, well, let's not blame the Black Klansmen kind of a right. thing. Like it, it is just this is I this is one of those situations where there's just so much right. I cannot get my head. I right. cannot get my head around a person in that position. Whereas, of what the kind of choices you'd have to make? To yeah. Survive. Whereas you know, Republicans will will laud and push the super rich small business owner 
Republican voting black men and treat them better than, say, a Democrat would treat a black voter in, in the Democratic Party, too. It's 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 oh, it's, yeah. it's the oh, exact yeah. same paradox here. It's exact. Mm-hmm. It, no, it's exactly yeah. the same thing. It's 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 Joe Biden saying that he doesn't see the Latino voting bloc as being a member mm-hmm. of his path to being part of his path. to Yeah, victory. Republicans will treat white Cubans a million times better than than Democrats will treat poor Latinos. But but yeah. the mass xenophobia of Republicans that that makes, you know, deporter in chief Obama's policies look like um, is obviously worse. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If you, you if you if there are three. Three black people in America wearing to will ma- wearing to willing to wear MAGA hats. Yeah. Oh my God, they're going to get treated so goddamn yeah. well. By please, please, <laughs> Candace, come over, come over and put the hat on. Oh, we appreciate right. this. Um, whereas, yeah, it, it, again, it's just it, it's so much of the it's so much the same. And again, I get in the scope of history, this hasn't been that long. Yeah. Like, what is this? Two hundred. Y- I mean, again, I, less than two hundred years. It's not. Closer to 150 years. years than 200 years, yeah. Hey, you know, yeah, we're, we're quibbling. <laughs> you and your math and your numbers. <laughs> um, but but it is amazing how little has changed yeah. in terms of look at the two sides, look at how they operated, ignore the fucking dumbass mind game of, well, the Democrats started the KK. Yeah. No, fucking realize where the ideologies were and that they haven't really changed. And they've all done the same thing straight yeah. through. Yeah. Well, and, and of course, I mean, again, not to kill the analogy too. is something else you see since we brought it up is of course in Democrats and in liberals and, 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 and you know, anyone that considers spaces left that isn't, you know, all the way socialist uh, for whatever reason, there is certainly the hardcore sympathizers for, you know, the struggles of, of, you know, the, the black and indigenous people of color. And just like there were the abolitionists in the North, uh, that doesn't change how greedy and spiteful to to black people the people at the top were. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's there's God, yeah there's there is a lot of it. It is a uh, this 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 has been an interesting episode. Yeah. <laughs> we got we got through our normal number of pages though. I would say. I mean, I don't Are think we, we really missed there? all that much. Ah. Fine. Are we cutting off at the time we normally cut off, David? Yes, mm. yes, we are. I realize that we have to cut two minutes of us trying to figure out how to read a thing, but yeah, I, I, we're we're still basically at the end because I don't want to start another paragraph after our good like decompression. Fine, but, <laughs> fine, fine, me. Welcome to Mark's Madness, where we fight on air sometimes Her. because yeah, <laughs> because David can't come at me through the internet, so I, I can do what I want. No. Uh no yes we are we are gonna cut off there we're gonna get ready for for our next episode it may be coming this week it may be coming next week you don't know person who's listening to this it's on the other end you don't know if we started our two weeks Ooh. yet um but we might yeah. we might and and the might support so that being said yes this has been Mark's madness uh we are we are available for you to send us messages to explain why our particular uh insight into this book was wrong and where we strayed and where maybe you have a, a different view. And and to be clear, that that is not just if you have a factual correction. If you just think, huh, that vibe was weird. I have a different vibe. Mm-hmm. I'd like to express that vibe. V- email us. Email us. Uh, it's marksmanispod at gmail.com. Give us a paragraph. Give us whatever. Give us two sentences. If you don't agree and you have a point of view, we want to hear it because I'm, if we don't 
especially in this kind of environment, I want this book club to be as big as it can. If this was more than just me and David in the room, there would be other voices here and we'd want to listen to them the same way that I'll yell at David to stop in the middle of a paragraph or he'll yell at me to shut but up. Yeah, especially now um, because, so please, I mean, you got two white guys feeling out Civil War and Reconstruction history. I mean, let's let's get the best yeah. perspective we can here. Please. We've asked. Yes. No, it's it, it is. So any anything if you mark it, it, again, if you just want it to be one on one, you don't want to have to put it out in public. Mark's Madness Pod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um that that will get through to us. Um if you want to do it, if you if you use the hell site quite often and you prefer to do it that way, DMs are open. You can DM us at Mark's Madness Pod on Twitter. Um or you just put it on the timeline if you want to get real real crazy with it, we can do it in there. Um, or if you'd like to have that conversation semi live, but in front of just a group of leftists. Um, you can come to the Discord. It's the Dumb and Awful Discord is where we live. Uh, the link to that is in our Twitter, or you can email us at that aforementioned email, and I will send you the link if you'd like it that way. Um, but uh, but that's another way you could do it. I'd recommend doing it through email if you want to, if, you're, if we're going to do <laughs> big factual corrections. Um, but if you want to do it in Discord, you're more than welcome. Mm-hmm. Come on down. Um other than that, David, yeah. uh, anything, uh, speaking of the, you know, kind of doing the, yep. why we'd like our reading group to be as big as possible. Your, your yeah, I uh, got a couple of things. One is, uh, I know we normally do corrections at the beginning, but something we forgot to mention, uh, it's not as timely now because I don't know exactly what date this is releasing, uh, but <laughs> It'll come we released out. an episode on May 20th and the two years before we had somehow wound up releasing an episode on may 19th and we had mentioned that of course being yeah. like you know okay so yeah i in the past um we have happened to release episodes on may 19th two years running i don't know how uh, this year that didn't quite happen we released one on may 20th so we didn't say anything about the big birthdays but may 19th is a uh, big day it's a birthday of Ho chi Minh. it's a birthday of malcolm x uh it's a birthday of about five uh revolutionary figures and and we've named four of them in the past uh, but apparently throughout that, uh, we have forgotten to mention uh, that is also the birthday of Yuri Kochiyama. Um, so, oh, shit. Have we missed that two years in yeah, a row? Apparently somehow. Um, so so this is late. This will not Fuck. be on the 20th or the 19th. But May 19th is in no, addition to Malcolm no. X and uh, yes. Ho Chi Minh and, uh, you know, a few other people's birthdays. Uh, it is uh, Yuri Kochiyama. Lorraine Hansberry? What's that? I think Lorraine Hansberry. Yeah, Lorraine Hansberry is another one. Yeah, it's commonly, yeah. commonly comes up on the nineteenth. Yep. Um, yeah. So, uh, but yes, no, absolutely, absolutely. But it's definitely Yuri's Lurie. birthday, so uh, you know, celebrating another revolutionary there. And of course, uh, my weekly reminder. So um, this is, of course, a show that you know the point of us doing this is hopefully you're at a party, you're organizing, and whatever party organization you're organizing with has a reading club, and you're doing the reading and having a discussion along with it. And this can be complimentary. This can uh, review open the work. This can help you understand it and give you another perspective to help you fully understand it. Uh, save that if you're reading on your own. Uh, hopefully this can be your discussion group. And save that, especially since we basically go forward for words seemingly most of the time these days. Uh, if you need us to be your <laughs> ebook with commentary or cliff notes on the works we do some summarize uh, we're happy to do that whatever makes the work accessible to you uh, and of course always remember that theory is to sharpen praxis without praxis theory is nothing and praxis without theory is just misguided adventurism um, which can do some good but in the end does not drive you to revolution can easily drive you to counter-revolution uh, they are married at the hip and they should always go together and hopefully we are helping you with the theory portion of that absolutely um that being said, the other way, if you want to, 
the easiest way to spread the message mm-hmm. on this show. The only only thing I will ever ask of you, we will not ask for for money or anything else, but we will say occasionally, hey, uh, iTunes is a thing. It's a it's an evil conglomerate, but it is the uh, central mecca through which podcasts get distributed. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever listened to this and gone, huh, I like this, I'd like other people to listen to this. Just hit that five star button. And then leave any written comment. It can be nonsensical. It can be ET phone home. We don't care. Just make it five make stars. It beat, make it beat poetry as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Anything, if five stars and then someone literally, and I want to find this person, and if you are, you know who you are, email us. Again, marksmadnesspod at gmail.com. Whoever left it as a Yelp food review as like we were a restaurant <laughs> that and that you would easy. come back. It was, oh my, oh, Andy Kaufman, brilliant. Yeah. I, I fucking love, because again, does the same thing. Yeah. Still gets the message yeah, out there. True. So I appreciate that. That is the biggest thing. That is the big because algorithms uh, uh, make everything work. And again, well, that's all we're trying to do is just make sure as many people hear us as possible. Because I don't know who the next person that can use mm-hmm. this is, or who who needs that theory, and who will it will help them lead them to hopefully doing something in this goddamn hell time that we mm-hmm. live in. That being said, this is the longest outro we've ever done. <laughs> this is Mark's Madness. My name is my name David. Bye, and we oh. will talk to you next week. Damn it! Damn it! We've never messed up the bye. <laughs> <sighs> bye. bye. bye.